Buckle up health tech enthusiast. Today we are diving into the future of healthcare with none other than Jason Cross, co-founder and chief strategy officer of Remedy. Remedy's vision is to empower with personalized care through their cutting-edge blockchain platform. Think secure, streamlined health records with seamless communication and between patient and providers, a uh, power of revolutionary potential of blockchain. In today's podcast, we'll grill Jason to understand more about the power of blockchain and how it can be used to build the future, especially around health equity and access. Welcome, Jason. How are you today? Thanks. I'm doing really well. Very happy to be on the on the podcast and, and look forward to the discussion. Yes, pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much. And um, uh, Jason, to start with, why not uh, you do a quick introduction about yourself, your work, and about Remedy? Sure, fantastic. Uh, so briefly, my background is global health innovation, law, policy, and business strategy. I used to be a professor at Duke University and lead a think tank on health innovation there. Uh, it was a think tank and venture incubator. And a lot of the work that we did was uh, especially focused on emerging markets and uh, working with ministries of health and global pharmaceutical and device companies on innovative, what today we would call value-based contracting uh, to expand access to high-impact medicines and devices and diagnostics and so forth. And, and at that time, one of the big challenges that uh, I saw uh, it, it, if, I mean, it frankly cost millions of lives in, in, in solutions that could have really helped a lot of people not uh, taking effect, uh, but it also cost companies potentially billions of dollars and ministries of health uh, potentially billions in savings that would have been reinvested into more preventive health infrastructure. And the big challenge was when you want to align multiple parties around uh, a, an incentive structure like a value-based contract uh, of any kind that's tied to outcomes um, if they don't trust each other's uh, ability to do what they're supposed to to quality spec right then that's a big challenge right second if they don't trust each other's data well, well now we're going to have a big problem knowing whether everyone's doing what they're supposed to and 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 generally, no one trusts each other with each other's data, right? There's all sorts of intellectual property, privacy, liability reasons, et cetera. So uh, enterprise blockchain technology uh, was beginning to be deployed in the mid-2010s. And I went looking for the right partners who could provide that missing piece, that trust infrastructure. And I met my co-founder, Dave Stefanich and our CEO, he's our lead technologist, and he was CTO of a, of a pharmaceutical manufacturer. He was automating quality management systems inside a factory making medicines and using blockchain uh, because of the immutable records and the cryptography uh, helps uh, improve kind of permission access to information and so forth. He was already using blockchain protocol and automating what we call QMS, quality management systems. So I'm like, look, Dave, we take this out of the four walls of a factory into the world of decentralized healthcare where people are getting screened one place, diagnosed someplace else, uh, picking up prescriptions at a pharmacy, getting seen by providers in multiple places that might have different EHRs. We take this kind of solution out to the world of decentralized care 
not only can we help healthcare activities be done more efficiently and to higher quality, but we can enable new business models that are really tied to outcomes and to value. And those new business models can radically improve access to care. And so Remedy was born and we describe ourselves as a digital workflow and data automation platform. And those two aspects, the, the workflows help organizations, administrators, providers, patients have a much simpler experience as they have to follow a care continuum, whether it's in, in off increasingly it's in different places with different systems, et cetera. And then the data automation backend automates all sorts of interoperability in and out of different IT systems, uh, EHRs, clinical trial data systems, uh, laboratory information systems, et cetera. But also it automates data compliance across all the different regulatory regimes that might apply. Because oh. one of the challenges in enabling healthcare and therefore precision care that is often requires that sort of team approach to really be connected is that uh, in any one place in the world, laboratory regulations are gonna be different than pharmaceutical regulations. And those are gonna be different than privacy regulations for hospitals. And those are gonna be different than privacy regulations if someone's in a clinical trial, et cetera. So, so usually it's all sorts of compliance issues that get in the way of all that interconnectivity. So we automate all that. We make it simple for a bunch of different organizations say, hey, we can all serve patients better working together in this way. And as companies make more money, um, and uh, this is digital infrastructure that'll simplify doing that and take a lot of the risk out. That is usually the barrier to making that happen. And we work with laboratories, diagnostic manufacturers, pharmaceutical companies. Uh, um, we work in, we, we're used in clinical trials. We're used in test and treat campaigns. So we like to say, it, 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 we improve the patient provider experience in testing, treating, and monitoring patients, all of those modalities. Okay. Great. So Jason, um, you know, your blockchain journey uh, pretty much started very early into the blockchain um, decade, I would say. And, um, you know, you started working on it before it was hot. And then uh, it also became cold um, in the last one year. So. Uh, you know, like looking from that lens, uh, uh, you know, how would you explain this whole change and, you know, taking lessons or cues out of it? What do you see as the future for blockchain, especially in context of healthcare? Yes. Um, so one is, one is focus on where, where and how blockchain technology can enable real value propositions for enterprise. Um, and so one is sort of, you know, stepping away from uh, the, the, the hot buzzwords of the moment for the sake of the buzzwords. Um, and one of the advantages that we have is uh, my CEO Dave's experience prior to Remini being CIO and CTO in pharma companies and in global logistics and automotive companies a decade before that. So he has experience in scaling globally large enterprise systems that at the end of the day have to deliver more value than you're spending on them as a company, right? And so 
when we started and this this is uh this this remains part of our dna today it's all as blockchain protocols and layer one and layer two and layer three uh solutions develop and evolve and different ecosystems etc uh we keep up with it but it's always all right where and how does this add value to a, a back end a, a data management back end that also has lots of non-blockchain components right so it's really focusing on like where and how do aspects of blockchain add value and uh in the world of healthcare uh we found for us uh and there are a variety of different health blockchain uh innovators out there and uh you know we're we're, we're friends and allies with a lot of them etc some are competitors and we're still cheering each other on even even when we're when we're, when we're competing um and, and we we've all taken different approaches for remedy the value of blockchain is uh, let me let me step back one take one step back. Um, what we found is uh, selling blockchain's value in enterprise uh, has worked best when we don't lean in with the blockchain part of the story. There's still in healthcare and life sciences a lot of misunderstandings. Like half of the executives just think it's crypto, etc. Right. Um, or, or, or NFTs that their kids are trading. Um, and so, uh, so we lean in with the actual enterprise value proposition. Look, we can help your lab uh, uh, potentially sort of double the business that it's gonna do in the next three years uh, and reduce these risks and cut these costs down, et cetera. So we lean in with the workflows that are at the end of the day, what the customer is going to buy, right? Mm -hmm. And then how do we deliver the value of those workflows when they're cutting across different regulatory jurisdictions because a workflow may tie together uh, in the U.S., a CLIA lab regulation, and then also help a point of care test that's regulated by the FDA, a different agency be compliant, et cetera. Um, we do that we can connect much more simply across those workflows because on the back end our compliance engine is leveraging blockchain to automate compliance across those different regulatory regimes so blockchain usually comes up in a discussion of oh wow okay we're really interested in buying what you're offering how do you do it and at that point you've already got them interested right and the details of our blockchain architecture usually come up after you've made the business sale, right? And then there's the compliance diligence. So chief information security officer team, that you know, they have their security reviews and check your cybersecurity, your privacy policies, they check out the infrastructure, et cetera. And it's at that point that we, we tease out, okay, our proprietary blockchain uh, architecture uses these public blockchain protocols. Right now, we, we've got a fantastic uh, partnership with, with Avalanche and Ava Labs and run three uh, Avalanche subnets on the Avalanche protocol uh, for a healthcare and life science compliance automation engine mm -hmm. that we use uh, super fast, super cheap, <laughs> super simple to configure for yeah. different regulatory uh, rules around the world. 
but um, it's usually at that point uh, in the, the security diligence stage of a sale where the company already wants to buy, right? That you get into the details of the protocol and how do you, uh, you know, uh, how are you using blockchain protocols? How's that interacting with uh, uh, off-chain uh, uh, databases and storage that you might be using for different aspects of the data sets, et cetera. And, and that gets teased out. But by then, the the key buyers in the organization are in, right? Uh, and, and still in healthcare and life sciences, uh, uh, you, you take a risk leaning forward with the blockchain first uh, in a lot of instances. You may look out and you may have an executive that uh, is you know, it, it, it is very interested already in how blockchain web three can be applied to healthcare. Um, and then that might drive interest, but it's still a minority of executives. So you're, you're actually, you're still risking. I'd say there's a 50, 50 chance uh, you get someone who doesn't understand it and they immediately become, they, they kind of stop listening to you. Right. So why go through, why take that risk on start off with the value you can offer them and then when they want to know how you do it, then you explain it. Right. Makes sense. I think with any technology, like even for AI today, like how do you create a business case that is beyond just using, say, chat GPT? And so uh, yes. I think that's true for any business. So, you know, during these conversations, since you have been in the thick and thin of this, uh, and you mentioned about creating a business model, uh, technically, what are the challenges for a health CIO to adopt, you know, uh, like the blockchain ability, capability and so on? Well, I think um, so for other companies that are looking to do it, 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 I'm proud of I'm proud of how we've done it. And a lot of it is the, the technical leadership of our CEO, Dave, who who it was both an early blockchain technology uh, uh, user so he he was running crypto mines in uh, his daughter's closet in the early 2010s, and then actually had, had you know was running mines uh, to learn the technology from the inside out, from the circuit boards and everything, um, uh, in the early 2010s. Uh, but also he he was a global Fortune 500 CIO CTO, so he understood that at the end of the day, uh, value to an organization, an enterprise, and cost structure of delivering that value is, is the most important thing. And then how can technology serve that is the second question. And so, um, so for us, uh, we, we focused our, the remedy architecture to use private, uh, essentially uh, private, uh, blockchain uh, networks to store uh, actual uh, data sets and then hashes of those data sets it allows us to have uh, identity information and health information stored separately, which which makes at scale compliance with lots of global privacy laws for patients much simpler. Um, and then a subset of an identity information, if it's de-identified data, then it's just a unique identifier is attached to certain kinds of health information. This episode of Health Tech with Purpose podcast is brought to you by Mind Bowser. 
a product engineering and digital transformation company focused on health. At MindBowser, we enable health companies to build the future of health where accessible, equitable, and patient care. We strongly believe that technology can empower a healthier world, and that's why we are partnering with healthcare experts like yours to make it happen. Hi guys, thanks for listening to Health Tech with Purpose. Make sure to subscribe us on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube for more expert insights on industry innovation and transformation. And remember, share the knowledge. All of every digital event is hashed and then uh, stored on an immutable uh, permissionless public blockchain protocol. Uh, that allows for the immutable audit trails, all that, but it also allows us to be GDPR compliant. Um, so if a patient or a customer wants to add a deleted, we can uh, clip the, the, the hash pointers on the public chain uh, and then delete the underlying data and the private networks, et cetera. So this is an architecture designed specifically for scalability in healthcare and life sciences. Um, uh, entrepreneurs in other uh, industries may want to leverage blockchain architectures that are optimized for scale in different ways because they might have different regulatory issues that could be solved by blockchain. Uh, in the realm of healthcare, we uh, also have I mean, mo the majority of our of our partners and customers just use our cloud platform as is, right? Um, and it, it might handle some things on the back end, and they might be running their own uh, legacy, uh, um, uh, uh, their, their own uh, in-house developed sort of front end, or they might be running on a third-party lab information system that they've got a five-year contract with, et cetera, or they may be using us for the UI for all of it. Um, but we have a growing number of digital health companies that have a uh, software development kit, an SDK partnership with us. They're just building on top of us. They've realized, you know what? Like you guys sunk tens of millions of dollars into this architecture, like optimized for healthcare. We know this particular problem in healthcare uh, or really well, or this problem in this part of the world, this problem in Germany, for example, et cetera. And, uh, we're just going to build on top of your platform, leverage it, and um, and then we're really excited about empowering all those other entrepreneurs to go out and solve problems. Okay, great, great. No, that's uh, very interesting. Uh, in fact, uh, um, I think it's a clever move for both parties to basically make it a win-win. Uh, so, uh, you know, Jason, my next question is about understanding of you know from the context of ethical and responsible usage of blockchain in healthcare so just like we talk about the ethical ai um we understand again that blockchain is all about trust but is there a ethical and a non-ethical part to it that you see and if yes then how do you make sure that you know what is being built is only for the greater use and cannot be misused like any fallings that you see Yes. So uh, there are some advantages. And again, this depends on the blockchain technology that, that you're using. So a, you know, a, one of the early, you know, like a hyperledger fabric sort of private network can be a semi-distributed private network, but it all at fault, if, if the, 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 the several different parties running nodes all agree that they want to cheat in some way, 
well, then they can cheat pretty easily, right? So, like, um, whereas, <clears throat> you know, one of the, the permissionless public protocols like Avalanche, uh, um, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about. Uh, uh, it's much harder, right? In, in fact, um, it, when, you know, the, 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 the you know, part of the, the genius uh, um, from the Bitcoin white paper on of these uh, distributed permissionless protocols is, is just, it's not just about uh, architecture and cryptography that provides the security uh, and reliability. It's also the economics uh, of it. It just doesn't, just doesn't make sense uh, if you're distributed enough um, uh, to, to, to change information. Right. Um, and so, but, uh, in terms of of ethics related to the technology, I think uh, therefore for sort of governance of these networks, right, uh, really matters. Particularly, the less distributed the network is. Um, also, uh, I think it's more. A matter uh, in the as opposed to AI in blockchain. When it comes to ethical blockchain technology, it's more about um, ethics of how you use the capabilities of blockchain. So, for example, this 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 comes up in discussions about. Um, uh, involving patients as individuals or, or or patient you know collectives or groups in the monetization of patient data right because one of that's one of the that's one of the things that blockchain technology makes I mean you could do it without blockchain but blockchain technology makes it much simpler cheaper scalable to to have these kind of uh, um, models where patients are cut into data monetization well um, you know do you do you approach that from a sort of hyper libertarian perspective where, uh, you know, each patient is getting uh, a cut based on their individual data contributions? Or do you have a more communitarian approach where it's kind of like a co-op and, you know, data is being monetized, it's pooled, it's monetized. And, and, and maybe you have a few different tiers uh, based on how much data you contribute, but, um, those get divided up kind of in dividend structures, right? Um, those those not only have uh, fairness implications in terms of uh, the distribution of uh, wealth uh, generated from the, the the problem solving value that that data that patients help create generates, but also it could have incentive effects on patients. Like I never want a patient uh with a rare disease that's you know uh for which you know uh you know their individual data is really valuable to maybe harm themselves <laughs> to pay rent next month right so um i think it you know that's one example another another area is actually in the interface of blockchain and ethical ai and so uh you know blockchain uh, allows for the tagging of uh, also in tracking mm -hmm. of data contributions to AI solutions, both in model training and in uh, and in the computation that generates outputs. Um, 
and so this can allow for more ethically uh more ethical ai sort of business models it, it could also allow for more uh fine-tuned uh uh model training that is you know in sync with the permissions that patients ultimately gave for what their data can and can't be used with etc so i I'm, I'm really excited about the the interface of ethical ai and ethical blockchain so uh jason the last question that uh, i would like you to talk about is uh, the talk that you had given at the web3 conference at davos and um, i was uh, checking it out seemed pretty interesting mm -hmm. now many of our listeners may have missed the bigger talk but uh, you know since we have an opportunity um, i would want you to share some of the um, you know threads that you had shared or the highlights of the talk uh, from the one that you gave and um, you know we'd like to um, talk about that one yeah no no that that's a that's a uh Aish, that's a great uh, it's a great bookend for 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 the conversation because it, it what I'll say in the next few minutes is going to, in some ways, uh, restate what I said at the beginning. Um, so one of the 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 Web three and health Davos uh, panel uh, was a very lively discussion, and a lot of it had to do. There, there were sort of two elements of it. One, there are some panelists reflecting on the challenges of adoption of blockchain in in at scale outside of pilots because there are lots of pilots that big enterprises have done um, uh, in healthcare and life sciences globally um, the other is, was uh, a more fundamental question like well is blockchain actually delivering differentiated value for healthcare um, and so I'm proud of the fact that because because of the millions of dollars of like revenue generating business that Remedy does with global life science companies that I could say, hey, yes, we're delivering value, right? So we're using the technology in a way that uh, allows us to do new things or old things much more efficiently and, and at a better cost structure than before such that our customers are willing to pay because they get more value than what they pay out, right? So now like there's a business case there. We're solving problems with the technology. It's solving them better than alternative technology platforms have. And large enterprises outside of pilots are paying for it because they're actually getting value and in healthcare, that means they can serve more patients, they can do more things for those patients, et cetera. So we're doing that. Uh, the first point, uh, how are you doing that? Well, one is we're using the technology to actually solve problems and in a scalable cost effective uh, uh, backend architecture. Uh, the other is we're also, we're also not talking about it uh, upfront uh, except for panels on Web3 and healthcare, or like maybe, you know, one area where we do t uh, start off talking about more partnerships that we're developing in the DSI, in the decentralized science space. Uh, so there are a variety of, of DSI projects and, and companies that we're partnered with. And, um, but 
what um, what I, what I you know I also shared the experience that I that I presented earlier in this conversation, which is what we found is like lean in with the actual value differentiating like problems that you're solving for enterprise, and then when they want to know how you're doing it, that's when blockchain comes up, um, and outside of special panels or or, or niche. Uh, uh, business domains like like DSI, where everyone there, you know, is is an enthusiast of the of the promise that blockchain can deliver for for science. Um, then then you can and go at it, but uh, don't don't scare don't scare people away with your first sentence. Um, one a uh, uh, final point. One way that we talk about blockchain. In the case of like your typical life science executives in it, like a sales process, um, uh, and also in DSI or other blockchain native communities, is we talk about Remedy as today we are a web 2.5 platform, right? And, uh, and we are enabling web three ecosystems that are emerging and that will scale in the future. Now, what, is it, what do I mean by that? One is, uh, to the extent that Web3 is not just, you know, a, a term referring to sort of underlying blockchain technology, it's also about decentralization. It's about uh, uh, more, you know, autonomous uh, uh, interaction between not just, you know, smart contracts and code, but also organizations, right? Um, less control by centralized organizations, et cetera. So Web3 Web is not just technology, it's also an ethos, it's also a, 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 an economic paradigm, et cetera. Well, Web2.5 is essentially the Web2 world, right? It's like corporations, right? And hospital systems that may be for-profit, maybe non-profit, but at the end of the day, uh, if they're gonna contract with someone to do something, uh, they need to have a company that they can sue if there's something that goes wrong. They need to have a phone number to call when something's not working, right? So um, we bring blockchain-enabled value to those Web2 organizations and Web2 economies. But what we're also doing is providing blockchain-based data integrity and immutable audit records and immutable records of all the compliance of all those data elements for everything being generated on Remedy in those Web2 organizations today. That means all that real-world data, real-world evidence that's generated by these centralized organizations today, in the future, when you have more, uh, uh, or if we have sort of the Web3, you know, visions of more decentralized uh, um, uh, health information exchanges and patient monetization, et cetera, um, Data being generated by like legacy health institutions today on Remedy will have that blockchain data integrity all the way. That means that means pre-Web3 healthcare data, at least on Remedy, will have all of the um, immutable records, compliance auditability, et cetera, that like fully Web3 native data in the future is going to have. So we talk about ourselves as being that Web 2.5 on-ramp to a Web3 health future. Because today, outside of niche pilots, um, blockchain is being used by large enterprise. Uh, we're doing it with large enterprise. Um, but it's being done by companies. 
and it's being done by companies that are accountable to board of directors and shareholders and 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 you know centralized organizations etc and so um so we're in a transition phase uh it could be a fast transition it could be a long one i don't know if it's gonna be 10 years or a century right. um but either way we're providing that on ramp and we're we're excited about playing that role in the broader ecosystem as well great Thank you so much, Jason, for joining us today and giving this quick masterclass on um, blockchain in healthcare. And I believe for a lot of healthcare enthusiasts, there is a lot of takeaways. Um, understanding the perspective, I would say, to apply blockchain. And that's the best job that you've done in the last 30 minutes. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ayusha. I really enjoyed the conversation and looking forward to talking again. Yeah.